having a solid site structure can do way more than anything else that you build into that website for SEO, for user experience, for everything. In fact, solid site structure can improve your click-through rates, lower your bounce rate, and increase your crawlability. All of those things just means that more people are clicking on your website, more people are going through your website, they're staying on your website longer, and Google is finding it better. And welcome back to the Digital Masters Growing Your Web Dev Business Podcast. My name is Marisa Vanskyver, aka Captain Coder. I've been coding and building websites for over 20 years now, getting paid to do it for about 16. And I've been working in digital marketing since before Facebook business pages even existed. I created and scaled a full service marketing agency to over six figures, but now focus on building websites that convert for my clients. I also teach digital marketing at my local university, so you may want to listen up. I have been deep into building new websites in the last couple of weeks um, of a variety of shape and sizes, and it's really gotten me thinking. You know, when I first start on a website project, obviously I'm a developer, so I really enjoy the code part, and I get really excited to delve in and code for a few days. But I also really like writing copy um, because I'm also a writer of English, not just PHP. So I kind of get excited for the copy phase of a website. And I start thinking about all of these components and how everything can go together in this big final picture. But while we often want to skip ahead to the fun part, the very first step that you have to be working on when you start any new website isn't the part that's quote-unquote fun. It's the sitemap. It's the structure of the website. And in fact, having a solid site structure can do way more than anything else that you build into that website for SEO, for user experience, for everything. In fact, solid site structure can improve your click-through rates, lower your bounce rate, and increase your crawlability. All of those things just means that more people are clicking on your website, more people are going through your website, they're staying on your website longer, and Google is finding it better. Now, if you're trying to build better websites for your clients so you can get better results and charge more, you're gonna wanna improve their SEO from the beginning through that solid website foundation and a good quality sitemap. How can you create a site structure that will improve your SEO? Well, that's what we're gonna delve into in today's episode. Now first, even if you're working on a website refresh, not a brand new website, but somebody's come to you, they already have a website, you have to take a step back and plan out the hierarchy. That hierarchy is really imperative because you really need to know where pages are going to live, how they're gonna nest, what your main navigation is going to be. But it doesn't need to be overly complicated. In fact, it really shouldn't be complicated. It should be pretty simplistic. Your hierarchy will eventually become your navigation and even how you structure your URLs. So keep that in mind when you're working through it. But basically, you want to lay out what will be the main navigation links in your top and in your footer navigation, and then any pages that are nested or linked through from those main navigation pages. Now, with most sitemaps, 
And frankly, for a, a lot of people, unless you're building an absolutely monster site, you want to keep those main navigations links to about five to eight. So you have five to eight main pages that then you have to figure out the other pages in your website and where they need to go. Now, for instance, I just completely revamped my personal website at cappedcoder.com, um, largely because I needed to make just some small tweaks. So obviously I needed to redo the entire website, right? Um, <laughs> that is the problem when you can build them on your own. So I have a smaller website. Most of my main pages are linked in my navigation. I, if I add one more service, I have too many and I'll have to make some adjustments. But I included the main navigation URLs in my sitemap. And if you go to my blog this week at captainofthecoders.com, you'll be able to see the sitemap that I actually created for my new website. I had only a few pages that were sub pages and those were in my portfolio. I included those below my portfolio on my sitemap. And they're created in as articles or as a custom post type. So they're custom posts. They have their own sub pages. They're nested under that backslash portfolio URL. Now this clear structure is really easy, not only for my prospective clients to follow, but it's really simple and easy for Google to understand as they're crawling my website. And after all, the key to good SEO starts with the crawlability of your website. And I will say that probably five more times in this episode. So if you've got a bigger website, as I mentioned, you simply can't link everything in the main navigation. And keep in mind that you only have about 150 links that a search engine will crawl on each page. So that means that Everything that Amazon has on their homepage, Google isn't necessarily going to crawl all of that. So keep some of that in mind too as you plan this out. Now, like I said, I typically tell my clients to keep our main navigation links to about five to eight. Now that depends on your site size and what you have, but more than that, you're gonna you're gonna overwhelm the people looking at the websites. People don't like having too many choices. It makes them confused as to where they need to go. So you want to nest what you can under that main navigation, but not in dropdowns. Dropdowns can actually be really difficult for a browser to navigate. They can actually kind of be difficult for Google to crawl as well. So unless you absolutely have to get people there within one click or you're going to lose them, which, you know, doesn't happen all that often. You usually get two or three. You want to avoid those when you can. Now, if we go back and look at my own new website at cappedcoder.com, I'm pretty much at the limit for my main navigation. I have seven things linked in my main nav. Now I have three main services. So if I wanted to add another service, for instance, how might I adjust that? Well, I would create a services page that I would then link to my sub services. So the things that I provide like websites, custom code, support, and a new service that I added. It's still clean. It gets my clients to what they're looking for within a couple of clicks. It also answers their question on the services page when it doesn't quite fit into any of those things, but it also keeps my navigation from being overloaded with options. 
You do, however, want to avoid a Russian nesting doll of pages approach where you just have so many sub, 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 sub pages because if people have to get there and, you know, if it takes more than two or three clicks, especially to find something that's a main functionality of your business, they're not likely to keep looking for it. So keep that in mind. Now, when you're deciding on the hierarchy of your website, One thing I want you to do is to remember who you're building the website for. Remember your client's target audience. What sort of terms might they use to describe their services or products? So while my main service page, it's WordPress websites, that's the actual URL, I use that as the URL because I expect some people to search for WordPress websites. The navigation link is actually custom websites because I understand browsers and people just glancing through my website will probably understand that term a little bit better. Another website I'm building right now, my client is actually an urban winery, but she ships her product to various places throughout the United States. And she has a local venue that people can come visit, have wine tastings, attend events, and that kind of thing. So to navigate those two very different experiences, we have a shop online link and we're creating a plan your visit page so they can understand the two very different ways they can interact with her product and both URLs and titles match with what her target audience would really expect to find. We looked at a bunch of different wineries and how you know some of those destination places would explain that. Now the next big thing, and this is for you devs out there, Look, I know flashy stuff is fun, but when you use complicated systems to build something as integral as your main navigation, you might actually be preventing Google from being able to crawl it. Not even kidding. So instead of getting fancy, keep your navigation in clean HTML, CSS code. Avoid using Ajax and JavaScript to control too much of your navigation because it can actually block Google's crawler from going through it. This also applies to your footer nav. You can have more links in your footer, you know, especially if you want to break things down into subcategories, it should still be organized, but you can have more links down there. And I'm, for most of the websites that I build, every single page is linked in the footer navigation. You also want to link to your legal policies, your privacy, terms and condition, disclaimers, anything like that you have. And I include a sitemap linked in, in my footer on every single page of a website so that I'm showcasing relevant information, but I'm also giving the, my browsers quick, easy ways to find what they're looking for, and they can just jump right to it. But that's all done in clean CSS and HTML, so Google can crawl through that and make sure they find all of the pages on my website. Now, another thing that you wanna do when you're planning out a website structure is make sure that you're planning for internal links. So like we talked about, if you don't necessarily have um, everything linked in your main navigation, Google and your browsers still need to be able to find that. So while yes, your main nav and your footer nav provide internal links throughout your website, you have to do more than that to help your SEO too anyway. Internal links actually help to spread, excuse me, link equity. So you'll see some people talk about SEO juice. That's what they mean. They spread link equity throughout 
a website and it prevents you from having any orphaned pages that Google will never crawl and find. So think back to your sitemap. If you have pages that don't get linked in your main or footer navigation, plan out how is somebody getting to it? If they land on page A and get to page B, Will they have a clear link to page B1 and page B2? You can do that in something as simple as a button to take them to those different links, different image links, things like that, but you have to have a link of some kind. Now, if you have a larger website, subcategories work really well to help Google crawl and understand your website, kind of like how I did with my portfolio pieces. So they live under the portfolio URL as their parent. So for instance, the URL for my client Rebel Boxing is under portfolio forward slash Rebel Boxing Club. Now, if you want to learn more about internal linking, I linked to a great article from Moz in the show notes. Internal links that aren't coming from your navigation or buttons, and they're just, you know, linked words within the context of your copy, just there within the body of your copy, those are called contextual text links. That's when you link part of a sentence to the relevant page. Instead of writing out, learn more about that here, as I see many of my clients do, you want to instead have the anchor text be a keyword or key phrase relevant to the targeted page. So for example, I could talk about how I help other web developers learn digital marketing. And in the bulk of my blog, if you guys go look at that, you'll see that I linked that back to my homepage and I linked the help web developers learn digital marketing portion of that phrase. And again, links built in JavaScript or other code can become unparsable for Google. So keep that in mind when you're even creating contextual text links too. Now, if you're going through a website redesign and you want to adjust the site structure from how it currently is, which will probably happen, that can often mean changing up some of the URLs. Now, creating better URLs and better structure can help a website's SEO long-term, but changing those now can mean a temporary drop in rankings unless you make sure that you do 301 redirects. 301 redirects, if you guys haven't done those before for clients, those can be done in your HD access file, through a WordPress plugin, or even in your website's host dashboard, just kind of depending on your setup. A 301 basically tells Google and anyone who's linked to your website before that this link is now that link, and it automatically takes them to the brand new page. Not only does it prevent 404 errors, it prevents Google from hitting a dead end, and it will actually pass the SEO value from the old page to the new one over time. So 301 redirects are incredibly powerful, especially if you're making any changes, but if you don't do 301 redirects, you can lose a lot of your SEO upfront. So it's really important to keep in mind if you make any kind of site structure changes. Honestly, guys, like I said before, the real first step with improving your website's SEO is to improve the crawlability by Google and other search engines. Now, if Google can't technically find every page on a website you've built through a good structure, it won't matter what you do to build backlinks or write keyword-rich articles in the blog. With my own website refresh, so I just launched my new website last week on Monday, I went from roughly a 55% bounce rate, which honestly 55% is still great, 
down to a 40% bounce rate, I increased my session durations from three minutes to nearly 10 minutes. That's in one week. Now I didn't make a ton of changes to my site structure, but I did focus on keeping it clean, simple, easy to navigate, and I'm already seeing good results from that. You don't have to get fancy to create your sitemaps. There's a lot of different online tools that you can choose. I actually create mine in Canva or Photoshop, but you can do so in Google Sheets or even on a whiteboard. Just whatever is easiest for you to map it out. But look, I promise, sites that you start with their structure and thinking through all of that first, you'll see an improvement in their analytics and overall SEO performance once you've got that new site launched. Thank you all for tuning in to our show this week. To catch more Digital Masters, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app or visit us at digitalmasterspodcast.com. If you have any questions or you want to learn more about digital marketing, follow us on Instagram at digitalmasterspodcast or visit us at captainofthecoders.com. Can't wait to talk to you all again next week.